Welcome to Be All You Are, a midlife awakening podcast. I'm your host, Kena Paranjape, the founder of All You Are, a women's lifestyle brand, an entrepreneur, writer, and mother. This podcast is all about stepping into all you are. It's about reconnecting to your inner voice so you can hear the whispers of your true desires and cultivate the courage to create the life that is meant for you. Your dreams are your soul's voice. They are worth your time and attention. Now head out on that solo walk or settle into a cozy spot with a favorite beverage and join me. I can't wait to meet you. Well, hello, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Be All You Are. We are on episode 38, and today we have a wonderful guest, Dr. Julia Sen, um, who is a psychologist, and I'm excited to share more about my conversation with her and to share the wonderful work that Dr. Julia does, and I think you're really going to get a lot out of this episode. Before we dive into that, I wanted to share with you a workshop series that is starting on February 5th, uh, 2024, so this year in less than two weeks. On Monday, February 5th, we kick off my Call to Courage workshop series, and this is five days of an hour-long workshop each day that I have designed to really call you forward. This podcast is called Be All You Are. And in order to be all we are, we need to courageously step into what that means. And that's what the Call to Courage workshop series is all about. So I am going to tell you about it now. You can go um, to all you are forward slash courage to sign up. I'm going to give you that link right away. It's also in the show notes. Um, but what this workshop is all about is about giving two weeks notice to what no longer serves you. And you know, if you are stuck in some area of your life, whether it's your personal life or your professional life, and you know it, you know that you're stuck, you know that you're not moving forward. Maybe you're listening to a lot of podcast episodes, maybe you're reading inspirational quotes, and maybe you are really leaning into those horoscope readings. (laughs) Believe me, I've been there. But there's not a lot of action happening, and there's not a lot of movement happening. And this is what this workshop is for. In this workshop, we're going to get clear on what it is that you want. And you know what? Sometimes it just means getting clear on what you don't want. That's a great place to start. Then we're going to learn how to cultivate the confidence to step forward into a bigger vision. And hint around that, it does involve taking action, which leads to tapping into your inner courage in order to be bold and to do things that. Um, you have in you, you have it in you, but now we just need to start going out there and making things happen for ourselves and watching how the world responds to us as we make that decision to change. This workshop is really for you if you feel like you are established in your career, but you feel a lack of fulfillment and satisfaction. Maybe you feel frustrated in some area of your life life, as we talked about, whether it's your personal life, whether it's your professional life, and you want to change things. You have this desire to change things, but aren't sure where to begin. And then finally, there's a part of you that knows you're meant for more and that knows that you have gifts 
to offer and that you are meant to feel more alive in your life. Um, and if that any of that sounds like you and that you um, can feel that potential in you just wanting to come out, then you need to join this workshop. We will be meeting every day, Monday through Friday, with a bonus uh, day on Monday, the following Monday, so February 5th to 9th, from 12 to 1 Eastern, every day on Zoom. Um, and again, you can sign up at allyouare.ca slash courage. And on that page, you'll get to read all about what we're, we'll be doing every day during the workshop. The main thing I want to leave you with is that it's time for you to let go of the old story that your best life is behind you. It's not too late to walk a new path. So please come join me for this incredible workshop series and so that we can really discover how much more is possible for you if you are willing to step into all you are. I can't wait to see you there. One more time, the link is at allyouare.ca forward slash courage. And now I would love to introduce you to my beautiful guest, Dr. Julia Sen. Dr. Julia Sen is a registered clinical and counseling psychologist. She has over 20 years of experience working with adults, individuals, um, couples, and groups on their journey to healing and growth. Dr. Julia has really focused on the areas of parenting, fertility, and inner child work. And her work has really uh, drawn my interest. And she's actually come and spoken to my groups because a lot of you listening, a lot of you are mothers. And one of the things I've come to realize is that in order to parent our children, we first need to parent ourselves. We, we first need to address um, our own inner child. And Dr. Julia has a beautiful way of addressing that. And we're going to dive into that today. Um, Dr. Julia Sen is also known as the possibility psychologist, which I love. And she's really on a mission to awaken the possibility within each of us. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Dr. Julia Sen. Welcome, Julia, to the BLUR podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Kenna. I love that we're doing this. I love what you're doing with this podcast. It's so amazing. And I'm so honored to have you, have you, to have, for you to have me here today. Thank yeah. you. Oh, my goodness. You know, we, you and I have had so many wonderful conversations that I feel like could have been recorded as podcasts if only there was like a secret microphone. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so I'm glad that we're just, you know, doing that now on record so that everybody else can benefit from your knowledge and wisdom. And, you know, I've often shared things that you have said to me with others. Mm. Um, and, and I feel like that is the magic of what you do, right? Like you just provide so much insight. And the first question I actually want to ask you to get right in is that, you are called the possibility psychologist. And I, I just, I love this name so much because really a lot of the work I do is helping women see what is possible for them, right? Um, and I know that you've even come and spoken to some of the groups as well. 
um, from the angle that we'll get into uh, soon, but from the angle of the work that you do. Um, so tell me more about um, how you came to the name, the psychology, or sorry, the possibility psychologist. Yeah, completely. So I was talking with Vera Mylan Gervais, who I believe you know as well, and <laughs> she does the whole words beware thing and all of that. So we were doing just a fun little chat together. And ultimately, we came up with possibility because she was listening to my story. And she's like, possibility is what you're all about. And then we like, I'm like, oh, my God, the possibility of psychologist. Yes, that's exactly it. So the backstory to it is really, um, as a little kid, I loved Happy Days, the television show with mm-hmm. uh, with Fonzie. And mm-hmm. aside from all of the inappropriate things around girls and women and how <laughs> they portrayed, you know, him and, and that, aside from that, when we just look at his um, magic, right, it is all about creating possibilities, right? Anything's possible with Fonzie. You mm-hmm. get a jukebox and music starts. You turn off lights on an apartment building. You can... You know, I mean, I know, obviously, as a kid, I knew also that this wasn't real. Yes. But, it, you know, I think the influence still made me stay that dreamer, kind of kept me in that dreamer kind of state. And then like, yeah, why not? Right? Like, why not? And it sort of left me there. And rather than what, like, my curiosity is always a why not versus a why, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't question people with a why, but I do say why not if someone mm-hmm. is sort of, so it's just slightly different, right? And I feel like the why not is much more about the possibility. Yeah, and the why not addresses the limitation, right? Uh, a little bit that people feel the limitation to something being possible. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, wow. That's beautiful. Julia, I would love to talk more about the work you do specifically, and you can share what your areas of expertise are. I um, know that you and I, though, have had a lot of conversations around parenting. And one was just even recently, a few months ago, when I shared that my daughter, Nova, who's seven, was having a really hard time adjusting to her new school. And that we had made it through that, and now she had settled down. And I sort of, you know, quipped about that story that, well, kids are resilient. And I remember you stopped me and said, actually, kids are not resilient on their own. And you explained to me that it was feeling seen and supported and loved and understood and you being there to guide them through it, that helps them build resiliency. So, I mean, I think that's like almost a perfect place to start because I think that resilience is such a theme in this podcast. It's definitely been a theme in my own life. I feel like it's a superpower when it comes um, to navigating challenges as you get older. I would love to be able to teach that to Nova. And I'm sure everyone who's listening who have kids, and a lot of us do, um, feel that same way. Um So maybe we could just start there in terms of uh, talking about parenting and resiliency, and we can go a little bit more deeper into your work. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what? It's so easy to feel like kids are resilient, right? Because they they do bounce back. I mean, they fall, they tick it up and, you know, all of that. But even kids who fall, like this is a way of sort of proving that. When a child falls, they look to us. Are we freaking out? Or are we like, oh, you know, that must have hurt. Come here, let me give you a hug and move on, right? And that is really what decides whether they're going to have a complete meltdown from that scratch on their knee or not, 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's the same idea. So we really want to be conscious of our response to them and mm-hmm. being able to really slow ourselves down, be present and check in to see if we are showing them that we get it. Mm-hmm. That's the seeing part that's really critical. So yeah. um, Dan Siegel says it really, really nicely. Dr. Dan Siegel, he explains it through feeling like a secure attachment for a child is through feeling safe, feeling seen and feeling soothed or like comforted. And, mm-hmm. you know, safety, thankfully for us here is kind of a given, right? We're keeping our kids safe, but mm-hmm. the um, seeing and the soothing may or may not be happening. So that's something that we want to be really conscious of. And what I've really been recognizing recently is that seeing is the biggest key because if I see them, that resilience does start to show up and then the soothing isn't as necessary like as often, right? I'm mm-hmm. not saying that you don't need to soothe your children, but if we really focus on the scene, like yes. how do I see them? How do I notice them? How do I acknowledge them? How do I affirm them? How do I stay fascinated by them? When we do all of that, then that resilience is going to grow and the soothing will only be, will be much less necessary. Right? Still, Yeah, that makes so much sense to me, but also makes me think about like why we have trouble seeing them. And I know you do, and you've done even within my group, you've come in and done a guest um, session with, with my group. And we, we talked about inner child uh, work and, you know, this needing to feel a sense of belonging. And it makes me realize that, Um, in the end, it comes back to us as parents, right? Like we're trying to do the best for our child, but what stops us from being able to see them? And I remember in my instance, um, you know, having had trouble adjusting to school later in life, not as young as she is, but it was almost like a triggering moment for me where it was her, her challenge but I was reacting to it almost as if it was my challenge. Mm-hmm. And I had to like have that awareness so I could separate myself from it so that I could see her going through her challenge and not make it about me, right? Please. And so I I would love to hear what your thoughts on that and how we as parents who are oftentimes like trying to parent ourselves still, right? How we handle that, those situations. Yeah, Absolutely. So one is just noticing that, right? So realizing, oh, wow, that's like totally triggering me. And what is that all about, right? Which we do separately and we do need to process. A lot of people will say that, you know, our children sort of are the mirror to us. And so that what it, it allows us to see what we still need to resolve. So when, mm-hmm. you know, when your daughter's having this concern, then your big trigger, your big emotion about it, um, that probably feels overwhelming is more likely, like you said, about something you haven't resolved yet, which is just mm-hmm. a, like an indicator. It's like, okay, great. I need to shelve it right now because I'm with my daughter, but uh, but I do need to process it, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's sort of the idea. I want to be able to look at that separately. Mm-hmm. Acknowledging that kind of, kind of is one step. And then coming back and being present with our child when they're experiencing a problem like that is really about soothing ourselves first, yeah. right? It's always about that. And people are like, well, there's no time for that. Unless it's a 911 emergency, there's time for it. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we it doesn't take hours, right? It's just an acknowledgement of, wow, it's really hard to see her like this. 
it's painful for me to see my daughter going through that. I know what it's like. It feels terrible, right? And really just taking a few deep, slow breaths, right, to kind of re-regulate our system and then come back to them, right? Mm. And that breath can just be like a, a vagus nerve breath. So a four-second inhale, six-second exhale through the nose mm. a few times. It just mm. kind of rounds us, brings us back, and then we can come and be uh, with that child and see them for their pain and whatever they're going through and then help them through it. That's so powerful. I actually had a moment with my daughter yesterday where I'm like, oh, I could have used that because it's almost like you get so caught off guard with their feelings and then you're obviously have feelings in response. And so you're like confused. It's like, whose feelings do I deal with first here? You For a moment, you just feel like, where do I, what do I do here? You know, um, even though you feel like as a parent, you want to feel like you're in control all the time. Um, so I just think that even you know, yesterday I could have done that. I could have just taken a moment to walk away and to, or not walk away, but even just to take a moment to soothe myself. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're really like at you, you know, but still not a 911. You can say, sweetheart, give me one second. I hear you. I get it. I just need mm-hmm. one second to take a few breaths and I'm going to come and, 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 you know, work through this with you. Like it, it can be yeah. that too. Like you feel like I just can't, what am I going to lose it? Like this isn't going to go well. You're always better to communicate that to them mm-hmm. and then step in. And so I did actually just, I'll throw this in. I created a technique called um, Be Fabulous. And it stands for the Be Fab part of it. It stands for breathe, show yourself empathy first, mm-hmm. right? Uh, take Recognize the facts that everyone is still safe right here, right now, even though it's feeling chaotic as long as it is we don't use bfab in a 911 right (laughs) be clear right Um, and then the a is actually affirm right and in this case i would affirm myself first right so sort Mm -hmm. of a self-hug i can do this i've got this right i'm I'm bringing myself back and then Mm -hmm. i believe in me so b Mm -hmm. is for believe so i believe Mm -hmm. i can help i believe i can do this Mm -hmm. so when we bfab ourselves first then we can come to our child and you can actually use BFAB even for them in a slightly tweaked way, which would then look like, hey, sweetheart, you're not going to breathe with them because most kids don't like that. They don't want to be yeah. cold breathe with me, right? So Especially when they're heightened, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Some kids do take to it, so know your child. But typically mm-hmm. in that moment, like you said, when they're heightened, that, that's not going to work. But the empathy and the facts are critical there, mm-hmm. right? really stopping, acknowledging them, seeing them. And the empathy is part of the soothing, right? Which is really helpful in calming and regulating them. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to regulate. And then it's like, hey, I've got you, right? The affirm is important because they need to know that we're by their side. Yeah. Right? Not you've got this. A client of mine said that so nicely. She's like, yeah, when I hear you got this, I feel like I'm all alone. I'm just like, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. And I feel like I've got it. I don't feel like I've got it at all. Exactly. Exactly. So when we say to them, hey, I've got you. Yeah. And I believe in you. Like we can figure this out together. Then we're building that resilience. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And that's, that's so beautiful because I feel like I, if somebody said that to me at times where I felt, um, you know, dysregulated or just 
upset by something, if somebody said, I've got you, that would feel like a gravity blanket, you know, <laughs> it would feel exactly. like, yeah, exactly. talk about something. I love that. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Julia, I know recently you've developed a program that is specifically for South Asian parents um, related to some of these uh, themes that we've been talking about. Can you tell me more about that and uh, sort of how it came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a program I created. It's called the I Believe in You League or the IB League, which mm-hmm. for South Asian parents was meant to be a play on words for, you know, an Ivy League. And the yeah. whole, <laughs> like it's just, I don't know, but it's the Ivy League. And the cool. whole idea there is to, is to learn how to raise unconditionally confident kids by breaking generational patterns. So mm-hmm. This is a program actually for like really game changing parents, like people who recognize that over the generations, even though it was no one's fault, the parenting wasn't really all that effective, right? Right. Because the skills weren't there. We didn't know and we didn't have what we have today in terms of tools and resources. So it's for the parents who are like, hey, I know I'm probably going to end up speaking the exact same language that my parents spoke to me and it's not going to go well. And I don't want to do that to my children. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, yeah, the proactive parent, if you will, uh, okay. that we we are, are curating here. Um, and that doesn't mean you're coming in with no issues. You're coming in with issues. That's the point. But you want to change that. So it's uh, but I've done it in a membership format so that we're just creating a larger group of us so that we can mm-hmm. feel validated and supportive, supported and know that we're um, we're not alone in this. Right. Yeah. And breaking patterns, you know, there's a lot of stigma and things of like, can I really say that I'm not doing well as a parent? What if this other person talks about it? Or what if they know me from the community? Yeah, or awesome. It's a lot, right? But this is the idea is that we have to have that courage so that yes. we can help our children gain their own courage and confidence. Yes. Right. So. Yes, that's so powerful. And it, but it does take a very, uh, not only self-aware, which I think probably isn't the hard part. I think that, you know, um, more recent generations are having that awareness, but as you said, the courage to actually say, because I find that, um, you know, as a second generation immigrant myself, like born here, I find that, um, other, like my, my peers feel so much of a sense of duty to their parents, right? So like not wanting to criticize when they've done so much for me, you know, that's like a very common thing. And, um, and in even like in the women with the women that I work with that are in my group, if they happen to be South Asian or, you know, come from other countries other than being born here in North America, um, they feel this sense of like, well, how can I go and now carve this new path because my parents worked so hard and, and in order to give me this life and these choices, and how can I now choose something different other than what they've worked so hard to give me? And there's this sense of guilt around that too. Um, so I'm wondering if within this group, if you, if it's almost like, yes, you're helping parents break the cycle for their own kids, but it's also setting them free in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, totally. I love how you said that. Uh, setting them free. That's beautiful. 
And that's exactly it. Yeah. The awareness for so many of us comes through our children. And so they're doing the work for our kids ends up doing the work for us a lot of times. And Mm -hmm. that is absolutely part of it. I mean, it, you can't ignore it, right? Because it just, it feeds into it. Like you said, I can't, how do I change that? How do I, I'm dishonoring them after everything they did. And, you know, and the idea again is never to criticize our parents, Mm -hmm. but it's to recognize that it wasn't helpful. Right. A lot yeah. of the things. You know, yeah. There's- yeah, absolutely. You know what I say to some of the women in my group and, and um, I feel like this is helpful for anyone who has this sense of like, you know, either guilt or a sense of duty is that your parents did the best they could for you. And now it's up to us to do the best we can for our kids. And that doesn't look the same. It evolves, right? Like it should evolve. It should evolve. Like hopefully our kids are like, oh, my parents did the best they could for me. They joined this group. They did all these things, but now I know more. And now I know that, you know, I, this is what the best looks like for me. And that's how I, you know, sometimes talk to other uh, women or peers about uh, letting go of some of that obligation. They feel like maybe actually the obligation is to evolve. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that when we go and break, so obviously I was a pattern breaker myself. I, I was intentional mm-hmm. about it. And I did start out being, I wasn't like just born being a parent that was helpful. And you know, like I had to yeah. learn, I had to catch myself. I went through the mm-hmm. process and I could see my mom, like my dad's passed on now, so I can't get his feedback. But my mom She's so thrilled with the kids. She's like, wow, you really did a good job parenting them, right? You know, but there was a transition where she didn't understand what I was doing, Mm -hmm. right? And she's Mm -hmm. like, no, Julia, that's not the way, you know? And I'm like, actually, (laughs) actually, it is going to be the way, you know? And and so there was that hump, that transition. But now that I'm on the other side of it, you know, my mom is giving me the feedback that, wow, I didn't know. Right. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So they do like they, you, they, you can honor them, right. To say, yeah. That, yeah, I get it. And we're the changer and they will be proud still. Mm-hmm. Right? Like this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, one of the things that I think is important that even, you know, gets you to this place of, I want to join this membership or I want to get support with parenting is having that, being able to have that conversation with yourself, right? Connecting to your inner voice and connecting to that that feeling that this something doesn't feel right and I need to explore this more and what's coming up for me. And um, in the in the groups that I hold for women, that is a common theme, right? They've sort of gone into doing mode and into to-do list mode and into I'm the mom and I have a career and I'm busy, busy, busy. And even taking a few minutes to just reflect and self-reflect and what's coming up for me and how does this feel and why does this not feel good? Um, we're not giving ourselves a lot of space for that. Um, and so I would love your thoughts on how do we reconnect to that inner voice? How do we connect to you know even our intuition, which I don't know if you consider that to be the same thing or not, but I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah, definitely. Um for me, I think it really depends on your personality in terms of what leads you down the path to your own intuition. But I think that a very, very key piece is play. 
Mm. Like how do we bring ourselves to a state of play so that we can then be open, right? Because when we're in a playful energy, things are just happening. It's just open. We're we're in a better place, you know, and because of that, our, our intuition is sort of being being nurtured, right? Because mm-hmm. it is like our inner child. I do see them as the same. And mm-hmm. um, when we are play, and I, now when I say play, it could be whatever play looks like for you. And this is what I mean. So if you're more of a uh, introverted, you like your space, you want that internal space, play solitaire. Like it, it's it's all good, right? You know, uh, it could also be like if I'm a team person, I want to go out there and play a sport or a board game with a bunch of friends or whatever that looks like. Play, bring play in music, right? You know, uh, dance, that kind of thing. So the the lightness is what brings us to our intuition. When we stay on mm. tasks, that's heavy and exhausting, <laughs> and the intuition goes out the window. I love that so much because I think that my angle at it has been more serious, which is to like take out your journal and pen. And I probably, I say that because I've been a journaler, my, you know, written in a diaries from the time I was in grade two or something like that. And so that is something that works for me. Maybe that actually is enjoyable for me. And so it's almost like play in a way, right? This idea of writing in my diary. Um, But that isn't the case for everyone. So I love the idea of broadening the lens of, it doesn't have to be sitting down with a notebook and pen if that's not if that doesn't feel good to you and instead just finding or tapping back into that, the play that you enjoy. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Whatever brings you that lightness. So for journal, a lot of people journaling does bring the lightness because they've released, you know, so much and all that. So that's wonderful if that works for you. So it's trial and error, you know, uh, for me particularly, like when I really want to just be playful and light and let's say, no, I do like to engage with people, but if they're not around, then um, I've actually picked up, I asked my sister to buy me some bongos for Christmas. So she <laughs> did. And, uh, and I've been like learning how to play bongos and I'm just having a great time with that, you know, goofing around and trying different things. And so just finding whatever that is. And I just get lighter when I'm playing because it's silly and goofy and uh, you know, it's just learning. So yeah, that sounds like so much fun. I think I need a fun, light activity to, um, because I do feel that I enjoy my work and I, I enjoy writing and all these things, but um, they do put me in a certain like serious mode, you know? And I think that I could for sure explore. So I think that for everyone listening, I think take a moment right now, even to consider what it is that brings you that lightness. And if there isn't something currently in your life, like maybe you need to order some bongos, right? Like it could just be that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. So my next question for you um, is, you know, for, for all of us, we go through these periods of we're whether we're parenting or not, it could be just that it's January and it's gray and we feel stuck or we feel um, down. And maybe it's not necessarily, um, you know, that we're clinically depressed or anything like that, but just in general, we're feeling the blues. And, and I'm wondering if you have suggestions on what are some small things that we can do to like in the moment, even to shift to feeling a little bit better, to shift to feeling like we're making things easier on ourselves. Mm, Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, 
it will still be attached to play for me, but, but really looking at it more in the sense of taking a moment, right? The whole idea of presence and just being in the moment and taking that space. You said the word space earlier. It doesn't have to mean like hours, right? But really just pausing and allowing that intuition or allowing that part to have a voice again, because Mm -hmm. We just get caught in all of the roles and all of the different, again, tasks and things to do that we do lose sight of um, our ability. So for me, again, it's always, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling tired. What's going on? Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just, I need to embrace I'm tired and rest. And other times it's, oh, wow, I've really just been going, 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 going nonstop. And I forgot to add in the play. Yeah. Um. So really, yeah, it's really looking inward and reconnecting to the part of you that wasn't about adulting, if you will, right? It's not about all the adult things. It's about being human. Yeah. Uh, That's the key to making it easier and lighter. Yeah. So it's almost like pausing and asking yourself, like, what would feel good right now, even? that would, Would that be like a good sort of prompt to ask yourself? Totally, totally. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. it might be a cookie, right? You know, so I mean, watch yourself for like, sometimes we go into some sabotaging behaviors. Yes, we think. Good point. Good point. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a cookie, but like it, yeah, it really, yeah. sometimes we just go and like dive into like alcohol or like I need a drink. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, totally. So, and so maybe less what would feel good and what would be in, instead is what would be good for me right now yeah for right the human what would feel good yeah a human be exactly like in terms of being what would be good for me right now because what would feel good could be like yeah I would like a scotch or whatever but that's like maybe that's not what would actually be good for you it might feel good but it's not you know not that it is a, it won't be good for you yeah And again, one, I don't care, like one cookie. I saw a really fun Instagram and it's like, you know, I wanted a cookie and then I didn't have the cookie. And then an hour later, I'm eating the bag of cookies. So they're like, just have the cookie, right? So, so, yeah. So I think that's a really key piece here in, in terms of like just giving ourselves that pause, checking inward, what is. What is replenishing me? What's going to really nurture me that that is lighter again? The goal is lighter, right? What makes it lighter? That's good. That replenishing and nourishing and with this like end, like this outcome of feeling lighter. I think that's really, that's really strong. Um, this podcast is called Be All You Are, a midlife awakening podcast. So most of our guests are um you know, approaching an age or in an age (laughs) where, you know, things are changing or have changed. I'm going to be 48 next month. And so I'm right in the middle of a lot of uncomfortable things that I've, you know, had to like learn about and navigate. And it's, it's like body and biological changes, but it's also, um, you know, emotional changes and, and sort of realizing you're entering a new phase of life. And so um, I love talking to guests about uh, their experience. And if you don't mind share, sharing your age, we can we can talk about that. And, and I would love to hear about your how what your experience has been like. 
Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, I turned 54 in December. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you know, the whole hormonal shifting, the perimenopause, menopause, like all of that, it really, we really need to bring in a lot of compassion because things change, like things real, especially for women, it really shifts, you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of like sneaks up on you a little bit sometimes. Right? Big time. <laughs> Big time. Honestly, uh, Dr. Julia, I feel like it was like um, this vague thing that I knew happened to people and I knew happened to my mom because I was a teenager when she went through it. And but it just sort of felt felt like a blip in my mind. Right. And so it was this thing that, oh, yeah, I know that that happens to people at some point. And then suddenly it was me and it was just like in my face and it felt like everything changed. And and I felt like I had a whole new everything to navigate. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, yeah, completely. Very similar, mm-hmm. exactly. And and one thing it did do for me, and, you know, as a South Asian, a lot of South Asians actually dissociate from their body to cope with things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's for a generational, one of those patterns that were, were healthy in, in the past when it was necessary, when we were being oppressed. But today here for us, we don't need to, uh, but it can still come up, right? And so what I found over these last several years, like probably for me, yeah, similar, about like 50, I think, till now, uh, mm-hmm. I've really been noticing being a bit more out of body than I thought I was, right? So mm-hmm. it actually led me to in very, be very intentional with grounding and doing breath work and engaging in uh, learning about the vagus nerve and doing the practices for that so that I'm more in my body, but in a, in a very healthy, uh, with a healthy mindset around it. Like I'm, I'm healing, I'm working with my body to stay in it uh, rather than jump out of it and kind of, you know, cope by just again, going through the motions. Cause what happens is we can easily just avoid them by being busy. It's yeah. easy to do that. Right. Yeah. And it's easy to sort of start like, like, being angry with your body, right? Like I feel like I definitely have gone through periods of like, what the hell is this, you know? And why are you doing this to me (laughs) kind of a feeling? Um, And then having to reframe that and understand that it's like an evolution and that I need to work with my body and I need to, you know, like you said, have compassion for myself as I go through this. Like, yeah, I need a nap because I didn't sleep well last night because my sleep and be okay with that and not feel shame that, you know, I have so much to do. Why am I napping? It's like, well, your body needs a little extra rest today, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But that's definitely, I found hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, definitely. Well, because we used to be able to do it, right? So uh, (laughs) And and look, the reality is we probably shouldn't have been doing it as much as we were. I think the rest piece is very important. Like to me, rest yeah. is productive, and yet we aren't uh, at all nurtured to believe that. So the the it forces us into these healthier behaviors if you allow yourself to, right? Like that's yeah. the, that's the catch. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been. Uh, interesting to learn and really get more grounded uh i think well in the beginning i told you i'm more a bit more of a dreamer with the possibility thing but people always said like i'm open to a lot of holistic uh therapies and things and 
all the energy people are like, you're not grounded. You're not grounded. You're not grounded. Right. And I'm like, yeah, cause I'm always up here. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's been kind of very um, humbling, but, but very healthy to, to really get grounded, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, using those tools to do that. So you were saying you were sharing that some of the tools you use are breath work. And then was there anything else that you've been doing to help you with that grounding piece? Yeah. Um, so I did a, a course on the vagus nerve, which I found mm-hmm. to be really eye-opening uh, in terms of just how important that is for mm-hmm. all of us, like the spiritual, mm-hmm. the emotional, the physical, of course, as well. But it mm-hmm. supports our entire being. And mm-hmm. so the exercises for the vagus nerve are what I've sort of jumped on and there's a whole lot of variety so it sounds like there's breath work within that like coherent breathing <clears throat> then there's also uh like shaking it off so there's like dancing that is involved in that too and so it can incorporate a lot of the playfulness into yeah. that that have been really good for me that's also why it resonates for me but it it's it's really really important, and I think the research on the vagus nerve is quite new, like twenty years sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it is coming out strong and clear, mm-hmm. and definitely worth looking into. Yeah, well, even that like tip of well, the breath work, and there's so many apps, and even on YouTube, there's so there's you know breath work is so accessible, guided breath work. Yeah, so that's a great yeah. option. And then what you were saying about like putting the music on and shaking and um, I remember someone giving me that, um, like tip to try that when you were feeling sort of pent up and I can't believe how powerful it is. Like, I can't believe how much it shifts in, in just a few minutes, really. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, in the, uh, in the IB league or the, I believe in you league, we do a Q and a couple of times a month where I come on, but I've, I'm really focusing and I'm guiding people now through the vagus nerve exercises, like various ones, because for parenting, it's hard to parent when there's a dysregulated child in front of us if our vagus nerve actually isn't strong and, and supporting us. Mm. So yeah. it's it's sort of a foundational thing for all human beings, but especially mm. parenting. And it's a critical component now to Ivy. Like yeah. we will not skip it. <laughs> like it's it's critical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I think, you know, I think that that means it's, um, I'd love to spend some time learning more about it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Forbes shared recently that, uh, a statistic that, or not a statistic, but they're a hundred most powerful women list. Apparently 80% of them are, are women over 50. Mm-hmm. And So it's sort of brought this conversation on because a lot of women and sometimes women really in their late thirties who don't feel like they're on track, right? Like they don't feel like they are where they should be, or they have some vision for where they, their life should be. And, or they've taken one path because their parents said they should. And then they're like, oh, I actually don't want to be on this path at all, but they feel scared to shift because that means disrupting all the, everything they've done up until that point. And I loved that you know, that uh, number that Forbes shared, because it shows that truly there is a, a, like, as you move into your fifties, there is an opportunity to really step into your power. And actually you could be, become much more powerful and do much more 
um, as you gain more experience and learn more about yourself and, you know, you're starting to carve your own unique path. Um, and so I wondered for you personally, having just turned 54, how, um, how are you feeling about your work and the direction that you're going in and, and how does it feel different from, you know, maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's funny you say that because this week I really feel like there's been a shift and a clarity around taking all that experience, like you said, and sort of bringing it all together into mm-hmm. a, a well, into the Ivy League for sure, but into other kind of ventures that are about sharing and guiding and teaching uh, mm-hmm. that have never crossed my mind or would never have crossed my mind 10 years ago. Wow. Um, and, you know, I've been practicing for over 20 years, so it's not like 10 yeah. years or 15 years of experience was not good. I still had it. But yeah. the last, yeah, five to 10 years have really shifted where, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like, I mean, I always find that wisdom comes with age. I mean, that's an mm-hmm. obvious statement. But I mean, like my mother, I, I watched her. And after she turned 80, I could see that there were just like clear insights coming through. Right. Thankfully, mm-hmm. she doesn't have any kind of cognitive issues. So mm-hmm. um, so she was able to. But you can hear the wisdom and the insights coming. Right. That I was like, is she ever going to get this? Like, you know, like <laughs> so. <laughs> and, and then and then she does. And it's amazing to see it. Right. And I'm not allowed to say her age, I'm sure. So I won't. But, um, you know, she's older than that. And and uh, yeah. it's just been really beautiful to see that shifting. So it it's really knowing that we're not done. We're just beginning. Yeah. Right. At this age. And mm-hmm. I think that's why we're seeing it with the Forbes people. If you have the mindset that this is the beginning of bringing all of that incredible experience, incredible work, all of it together mm-hmm. to now like have a clearer picture with intention yes. when we do it with intention. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that because I think that a lot of us want to know what that is now, right? Like if you're in your late thirties and you feel like, oh, I'm not on the right path, you want to be able to look ahead and know what it is. And you know, what I try to say is that you can't know what it is and you just, you, you, you keep going and you keep, you know, tapping into your inner voice and listening to what it is that um, you feel called towards. And then go and give that your best and keep exploring and trying and it will become more clear, you know, mm-hmm. as you continue down that path. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that like just exposing yourself to the personal growth world is really important. Doing yes. like courses, listening to podcasts like that, like really immersing yourself in people uh, who have that mindset is really great mm-hmm. because then you're just drawn to that as you're going through the experience steps, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you're slowly sort of creating that that wisdom within you by listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Julia, what is coming up next for you? So, I, you know, for those of uh, the audience that's listening to you right now, if they want to engage with you or work with you or follow what you're doing, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, the also my website is a, a place to really go. So just drjuliasen.com. Mm-hmm. Jump on some mailing lists in there. You can get the free energy protocol and then it'll be on the mail, mailing list. You can go into the parenting section if you're a parent. If you're a South Asian parent, you'll see the Ivy League link there. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's one way to jump in and work with me as well. 
I'm not taking any individual clients really anymore, like like very kind of exceptions based. Uh, but the next steps for me are really to share, do more of these like podcasts and and share and talk and commit and connect and collaborate with people. So that's where I'm going now. I've got a few things sort of brewing right now, which are exciting that, that I can't say out loud here yet, but they are, they are coming. I'm very, very excited about it. So um, yeah, it's all related to, to embracing who we are and really related to that whole concept of shifting patterns so that we can show up, you know, uh, with a lot more clarity, a lot more calm, a lot more confidence. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, having our kids feel that confidence too. Because at the end of the day, kind of when we raise confident kids, then the world's their oyster, so to speak, right? Like they can become, they can do, they can earn, they can do it all. Figure out, they can problem solve, they can like get through difficulties. It's so true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's such powerful work, Julia. And I'm looking forward to sharing what you do, like obviously through the podcast and then it'll, you know, I'll be sharing this through my newsletter list. And I have also, um, also Instagram, obviously you're on Instagram. Yeah. So the Instagram, Instagram I'll include all the links in the show notes. So that'll be there for, for anyone who wants to check it out. Um, but yes, it's the, it's such important work that you're doing. And I'm, I'm really happy to have these conversations with you and, um, you know, share what you're doing with really everyone, but in particular people who are ready to kind of embrace this kind of work. Totally. Thank yeah. you so much. And thank you for all that you do uh, because it's amazing. And, you know, the, this podcast is really incredible and such a beautiful platform to be able to help, you know, other uh, women particularly, you know, uh, really feel empowered and know that they're not alone, right? Like yeah. we've got them, right? <laughs> oh, I love that. We've got them. We've yeah. got you. I love that so much. Okay. That's the perfect segue to my last question, which I ask every guest on the podcast, which is what do you think it means to be all you are? Mm, yeah. That's a, it's actually a little bit of a big question, but I'm going to try and narrow it. So, so yeah, I, I actually think to be all you are, we need to start to identify the different roles that we play. Mm-hmm. And when we're in that role, be that role and not all the other ones. Mm-hmm. So that when you're in that, you're present, you're fully it, right? So if I'm in my parenting mom role, then I am just a mom in those moments. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not also thinking about work and a client or whatever, but when I'm with my client, I'm just with my client. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think this is very important because if we don't separate those roles out, then we really get caught in the chaos and we cannot be all we are. Right. Mm -hmm. We can't bring our full self to anything if we're giving ourselves Mm -hmm. a little bit everywhere. But the most Mm -hmm. important thing to be fully all you, all you are, as I'm talking now is, to make sure one of those roles is that one that we talked about before, which is just being and playing, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about everything we do for people. It's also what we do for us. And yeah. then we can become all we are. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It sounds like it's really grounded too in, like you said at the beginning is being more present in your life. Like, being more grounded in the being versus the doing. 
Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely one of my goals for this year too, is like, I, I, because I've realized certain things, like even starting this business and working on it full time, it was such a dream for me. But what I found was I started doing it and I wasn't even enjoying it because I had shifted into just another doing mode, you know, like mm-hmm. my to-do list might look different, but I was still in the doing mode and not in the being of like, oh, I'm doing this work. And like, how great does it feel to be, you know, working on this and appreciating it and just being there. Um, and so I'm very much like, if we're not enjoying all of it, the parenting piece, the playing piece, the work piece, then what's the point, right? Totally, <laughs> so, totally, exactly. And we're going to have our moments in all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, of know. course, they'll, they'll be there anyway. So we might as well at least try to enjoy the rest of it, right? Exactly, exactly. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. So one thing Thank I wanted you. to say, Kenan, before yes. we jump off, it's a it's a really important message to me, uh, close to my heart, and hopefully will be having a positive impact on our kids. But it's it, I call it the habit of heart, and really, it's just a statement to tell your children and yourself, mm-hmm. to be honest. But let's just refer now, which is it's every day, especially if you have a little kids, just say, "I've got you. You're mm-hmm. safe with me, and I believe in you." Mm-hmm. And that is the habit of heart. And when we're doing that, our children take it in and it's that that makes them secure. And then that resilience and all of that comes because they know we're there. And so this Mm -hmm. statement of I've got you, you're safe with me. I believe in you. It's, hey, I've got you and you can go, right? You know, which is what we want, right? We want them to be able to fly and soar uh, and know that we are always there and it's a really important piece for me. Uh, whenever I talk about parenting, I, I just feel like I have to share that. So I would like everybody to be doing that if possible, you know, uh, every day and just telling their child that even as they go to bed or wake up in the morning as a little routine. Oh my God. That is the perfect way to end the episode and such an actionable thing that every single one of us can take and say it to our children. If we have children, say it to ourselves. Um, if we don't have children or even otherwise, say it to ourselves when we need to hear it. Um, thank you, Julia, so much for joining us today and for sharing your wisdom um, and for being so present with me. <laughs> thank you, Kenna. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. I got you. You're safe with me. And I believe in you. How beautiful is that? Whether you have kids or not, I feel like these are the three things that we all need to hear. And we could start by saying it to ourselves. And I'm also saying it to you. I've got you. You're safe with me. And I believe in you. Just a reminder to sign up for a call to courage, my five-day workshop series starting on February 5th in just a couple of weeks. We will be live on Zoom every day from 12 to 1 Eastern. There is a private Facebook group. I'm inviting you to set up a 15-minute connect call with me so that we can get to know more about what that authentic vision is for your life. And you can learn more about the workshop at allyouare.ca slash courage. The link is also in the show notes and you can register there as well. And I can't wait to see you on February 5th. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found inspiration and use this podcast to start stepping into all you are. 
To hear more about the podcast, follow me over on Instagram at Kana underscore all you are. Send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Until next time, remember to keep exploring what it means to be all you are.